Hey everybody, uh, welcome to a very special, different day of the week, outside of the norm podcast episode. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention or not, but we are all quarantined. We are all in a weird state. Things are happening out there, and uh, we felt like we needed to get in the conversation and uh, start talking about some of the things that are going on. So, we got your usual suspects here. We got a Bonnie Lewis out in Austin, Texas. Hello. Beer, beer, beer. Got Mr. Michael Carl Erie out in Ohio. Oh, we're oh we're locked down, baby. We are locked. Lo- are you locked down, down, Bonnie? Are you locked down? Uh, oh, you know what? It starts tonight at midnight. Oh. Wait, you haven't been locked down this whole time? Nope. No, we have been self-locked down to flatten the curve. But we are officially locked down tonight at midnight. Well, well welcome, <laughs> welcome to the club, Bonnie. Thank yeah. you. How long have you been self locked down? Uh, eleven days. Eleven days or ten years, <laughs> <laughs> depending on Feels when you. Feels like at. a mix of the both. Yes, yes, um, yeah. I think we're, I think we're kind of the same. Um, I think it's been that long. We were, we were a little ahead of the curve. Um, and, and my, my kids are getting texts from people that are like, dude, the the first day in quarantine was so hard. Uh, They're like, oh, you don't even know. You don't (laughs) know. Don't even know. Um, so we've been, we've been thinking, Bonnie's been doing this great thing on Sunday mornings and, and we've been thinking about, um, uh, how much or not at all, or if we, uh, should address obviously something that's on everybody's minds and you know consuming a lot of attention um, you know because is it better to talk about it uh, when everyone's talking about it or to talk about something else so that there's a place where you're not talking about it um, but so we- this podcast is just going to turn into an episode by episode review of the Mandalorian yes we're shifting topics <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so I thought we would wrestle with four, uh, four questions. Um, number one, what is God, what do we think God is doing in the midst of all of this? Um, what do we think is being exposed, uh, Mm. in the midst of all of this? What does faithful witness look like in these times? And then lastly, um, what do we as a community want to, want to do together um, as we kind of enter into this or have already entered into this season. So um, let's, let's kick it off. Tim and Bonnie, what do you think God is doing? Is Mm. this, is this from God? Is this a judgment from God? (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like so cricket. Um, um, I mean, I don't, my simple answer is no, because I don't think God works that way. I don't think that, um, I don't think he judges us like that. I don't think that he, um, I think we live in a world where pain and sin exists. I think that we, I think oftentimes if we hold a view of God where he's um, judging us and he's like, you know, inflicting pain or um, hurt on purpose to sort of, I don't know, do X, Y, and Z, get our attention, um, punish us, whatever that is. 
the the question I would ask there is like, well, then what what do we then believe about God? What do we then believe about our own personal um, sin or judgment? Or like, how much is it a reflection of of me versus the world? And I think it's like it's so multi layered. But I think um, to say if is this God's doing? Like I, I would just quickly, without being able to <laughs> reference much, be like, no, just hands down, no. <laughs> but didn't he? But didn't he do it in the Old Testament? Didn't he do stuff like this in the Old Testament? It depends where. T- tell me, uh, and I'll tell you if I think that was it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it depends on. I just, I, I don't know that we can honestly say that. It depends on the book and the genre and the. Uh, the time period and asking, do we think he was doing that? Or do we think that the people writing that, that's how they viewed it? And mm-hmm. can we call that into question? Right, 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 right. Um, so so in terms of what is God doing, I, I don't think we're saying this is from God. Right. Um, uh, I would... For those who who see Old Testament warrant to kind of like, hey, well, God used to do this stuff. If he did, it was in the covenantal system of Israel, which we are not in. And Mm -hmm. um, we are an entirely different covenantal system where it just doesn't work like that. Unless there's clear universal revelation from God saying this is discipline for you. uh, It is theological malpractice to um, to put this on God. Um, So Mm -hmm. I absolutely I couldn't agree with you. More so, so in asking the question, we're not saying, okay, so God is doing this. Why is He doing this? Nope, we're not asking that question. We're asking the question instead. In the midst of this, what do we, what do we think God is doing? I can't say globally. Um, I mean, I think there's a few things good that you can see. Um, there's obviously a ton of bad. Uh, but I was looking the other day at the map of China and the reduced pollution when everything was um, shut down. Italy too and even, with the uh, rivers. Yeah, and like clean water and all this stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that's not obviously a reason this is happening. And it's not like, oh, good. But it's like, oh, this like silver lining um, or even just like hope for a renewal. That seems to be sort of... interesting side conversation on what yeah. is happening. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. So I think I find that to be interesting. And I know for me personally, um, I feel like there's sort of this, um, a, a very genuine space um, to feel very connected to people I don't know. Um, like this realization that like some of it is scary, some of it's painful, some of it's um, making me feel afraid. Not because I actually feel that way. Actually in Texas, it's the panic is not a lot. Um, if you had a grocery store a little bit, but other than that, it's not a 10. If you need some um, toilet paper, it's a little dire. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but still this feeling of like, if you watch the news or you know that people are suffering. So it's reminding me of how connected we all are to each other. Um, and it's also giving me space to sort of look at my rhythms that I have held for a long time and habits that I've held for a long time and sort of reorient those. And so I see there is definitely a global slowing down and looking inward that I, that I see. Mm-hmm. What about you, Tim? Yeah. I mean, with the first question, I, I feel like 
at no point did I f think God is judging us. I was like, oh, somebody ate a bat. And then some bad things happened from that, which <laughs> oh, is like a weird yeah. chain of like, I, we were had this conversation in the house. They were, um, you know, uh, my wife has been assuming that we're going to get sick and I have, have been assuming that we're not, whether subconscious mm. or not. I've just, and I'm the anxious one in the house. I'm the anxiety riddled member of the household. And I just have, it's never really like, I have not felt that kind of fear yeah. About I don't know why I'm not doing anything differently, um, but when I look at it, I just see there's these traces of things, and I think that the slowing down is super interesting. Yeah. Like the, uh, but at the same time, like I also, th if God is doing something, I wonder if He's just waiting to. S I have no idea. I don't want to posit things that I don't know, but I've we were talking earlier about the church's response to it and it has seemed a little weird and there's definitely a lot of churches out there that are, um, and you can see it on the news. So I'm not bringing any new information to light, but, um, pastors saying like, Hey, our God is bigger than this disease. Shake hands. And we're going to yeah. keep meeting and that kind of stuff. And I, mm -hmm. I, if anything, I feel like this has been a season of discernment and learning what it means to, to have faith, but to also use your brain and, uh, mm. I don't know. That's, that's no, where I, I've been. <laughs> I agree with that. I think too, if I can add to that, I think of this idea of like, so, so many times when these tragic things happen, we say like, what is, where is God? What is he doing? What is he? Yeah. Um, and to point to these little things like, um, how God is partnering with people. Right. So like the people that are stepping up, the people that are going to get groceries for their elderly neighbors, the people that are on the front lines and like different places like that. Like for me, it's this reminder of kind of like what you said, we can't be this passive. I'm just going to wait. But instead, this partnership, like we see that in the book of Ruth a lot, that it's about she really steps into what God's already doing. And it's like this beautiful story about how we can partner with a God that's already at work. Yeah, 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 yeah. Waiting for him to show up and wondering yes. why isn't he here? I like that, and I've seen that. I've seen that in friends. We have a few friends who are nurses who are in the middle of they're like, they're in the thick of it. Mm, yeah. And right before we did this, I was just listening to a podcast where a bunch of nurses and doctors called in, and they were. I mean, they're working. A lot of them are working twenty hours days, right? Wow. And there's one guy in particular, this doctor, and I'm sure most of you have seen him in the news that uh, he bought a mini fridge and moved into the garage because of the fact that he was um, in it, like in the middle of it all day long and didn't want to put his family in any sort of danger. So he's quarantining himself from his family while mm. he's on the front lines kind of digging in. And, um, you know, on, on Sunday I spoke at church where I was trying to find ways that we could be actively responsible for things. And a lot of it was like, you know, somebody... Uh, friends that wrote letters to everybody on their street and they're connecting for the first time with their neighbors and they're oh, saying, yeah. Hey, we are, we are going to, um, like if you need anything, this is my phone number. <laughs> if you need, uh, um, you know, if you're older and you need us to get you groceries or whatever, like just like people are connecting in really fascinating ways. And you see that in Italy too, with like the musicians going out on the yeah. decks and starting the songs yeah. with each other and, 
just singing in the streets together and this this it's beautiful just like human reminder connection we're yeah it's kind of cool for it. yeah 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 what do you what do you think god's doing with the church you mentioned that tim earlier churches are having to pivot i get i i'm always worried and i don't so please take all of this with a uh not just a grain of salt but a maybe a handful <laughs> but i i always am worried I, so i've seen churches who have responded by just making everything about their community how can we invest in what is happening in this area and even today like i saw um the one of the news stories this morning like i wake up in the morning and i can't help it it's like a drug i get right onto the news to see what is happening Mm -hmm. in the news this morning one of them was just these italian priests who were sick and were giving up their ventilators and their and whatever to these younger people who are sick because they felt that was their duty. And I, and I, it was mm-hmm. such a counter to a lot of the stuff that I had been seeing where it's just like, he was literally laying his life. I mean, he died. The priest died is why I was in the news. Yeah. And he was mm-hmm. literally laying his life down and laying down what he had for the people that were around him. And, if, and quite a few priests have died over there. I mean, a lot of people have died period over there, but, um, I was like, man, that, that speaks to me personally, just me personally, a lot more than a lot of the um, how do we conduct church in this time period? Like just like mm. an active involvement in the lives of people. And so, you know, I, we were trying to figure out how we could affect our community. And then I, I stopped and I called my pastor and said, hey, before I start doing things, um, what are you guys doing? I'd, it makes way more sense for me to support you. And to come alongside a, a, a larger organization than it does for me to try to figure out how to stopgap this. And he's like, I'm, thank you for calling. Here's what we're doing. And mm. Mm. Um, and then, I mean, that goes on for a while. But I have seen churches getting their hands dirty where they're like, this is, you know, the community needs us. They ne- Or they don't necessarily need us, but there is a need in the churches stepping into that need. And then there's an opposite version that's like, no, still, please come to church and, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I don't know. You've you've commented um, on the the fact that for, for some churches, it's just reproducing the Sunday service online. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, that doesn't seem to be super, always, it doesn't seem to be super helpful. Why do you think that is? Uh, for me personally, I, or not just me, I've had a few people text and call and they're like, why is the church just trying to pretend like this is normal? Or why are we trying to offer normalcy? Oh, and interesting. I, and I'm like, I'm not sure. Uh, but I think that this idea of being authentic and intentional with what is happening, you know, some people like m- me and my wife, were very lucky. Our jobs have continued to uh, happen during this time period. We are very blessed and very lucky and that is not lost on us. Um, and we know a lot of people where that's not the case and they're in full on panic mode. Mm -hmm. They've been laid off. Their bills do not cease. Life does not stop when this stops. So they're spiraling, trying to figure out how to navigate what is an unknown exponential amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that is a, that's a very common reality around the world, not the country, not the state, not our town, the world right now. It's a common reality. For me, I think, well, how does the church step into that? 
and how do we minister and how do we offer help? Like, that's my biggest thing is like, how do we come alongside people who are in need at this point? Right. So Mm -hmm. how do we love the Lord, our God with all of our heart and mind and soul? And how do we love our neighbors ourself? And if I live in that, then what does this look like during this time period? So that's been the wrestle. How do I figure that out? Where is God moving? Where is God pointing? Where do I see need? What do people need right now? And then how do we, I can't, I don't have, I don't have the money to solve everybody's problems, but how do I intentionally get involved to save, not save, sorry, help. Um, <laughs> yeah. What's happening right now. Totally. Bonnie, what do you see from your I, perspective um, going on in, in, uh, in the church of the world right now? Yeah, I see like a lot of people um, just grasping it, trying to figure out different ways to talk about it or to wrestle like with it and what's with what's in. I think some people want normalcy. They want to feel like, oh, that was normal and good. I think others need to sort of sift through it. I think it really depends on your personality and mm-hmm. past experience you've had, um, if any, with this type of thing. Um and I think like Tim is saying, trying to figure out what to do, what can I do to help? And um, someone I know here brought this up and it really made me stop. And I thought, oh yeah, is that, so we're in the same boat as you. Um, we have been able to keep our jobs too. So being at home together, it feels like a huge gift. Like it, when else can I say like, oh my gosh, for X many weeks, we all just like hunkered down um, and stay together. But I had a friend and she's, she does a lot, um, with teens who are, um, like from yes domestic abuse situations mm. and even, um, other, you know, women, children and men. And there are so many people that home is not a safe place. Yes. So to shelter in place is actually the worst thing, um, that could happen to you. And, um, also the homeless population they also have nowhere to go or no can't get the help that we take for granted and so there's there's so many complications and i think we're doing the best we can of saying hey let's isolate and stay inside uh but for some people that doesn't feel like it feels for me for some people that's terrifying or that's scary or it's actually unsafe Mm -hmm. so that's um that's something i've heard from people who are in that world yeah. But I haven't heard that from the church. And I understand that that's hard. What, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to social distance and we're supposed to, I don't think there's an easy answer there, but um, especially if we continually want the church to be a safe place and then that place isn't there. Like yeah. for many people that go to church to be safe, mm-hmm. to escape, and then all of a sudden they can't, um, what does that mean? And how how can the church continue to create a safe place when we continually when some people have to be in places that aren't safe yeah Yeah. those are those are those are huge um all right question number two well what about you i don't i want to hear what you think about what what god is doing yeah in the church too what the church is up to um it, it seems like the church has been so sunday morning centric and mm-hmm. so gathering centric that um, it's it's fun 
um, to watch churches wrestle with questions that should have been wrestled with a long time ago. And, um, and, and you just begin to realize how much of what is offered and what, you know, what is uh, scored and kept track of isn't super relevant and meaningful in moments like these. And so I think there's a, I think that's a beautiful, you know, beautiful deconstructing of the imagination of the American church because it's been trapped for so long on let's just do a Sunday service and call that church. And um, so I I actually, I actually think this is a wonderful, um, a wonderful moment for the church to actually rediscover its, its roots, you know, because it's, uh, you know, it, it's been locked in for so long on just a very narrow way of thinking about these things. Yeah. 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 So, and, like the, and Bonnie too, like the stuff that you were bringing up, we had that conversation as well. And that's so prudent. Uh, and also, you know, we were trying to figure out like, just because, um, my wife, Shauna as a high school teacher and how many kids, are from single parent households that don't have access to food and they're getting all their meals from schools. Yeah. And the state is trying to, to keep up with what that looks like and how to just like, this is just basic need stuff, right? This is right, just breakfast and lunch. Yeah. Yeah. Just kids having square meals, period. Nothing, nothing over the top of that. Uh, and, and figuring out like I, I when I talked to the pastor, I was like, Hey, what, and he's like, well, we're trying to figure this out. And I was like, well, what does that look like? And like, what is practically, what does that look like? And he's like, well, we're, we're working with the County. We're working with, uh, the school districts and like how to get kids from a to B, how to get them food. And it's like, but you all have to be fingerprinted. You all have to be, um, live scanned and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, there's all these extra features that are involved with this stuff. In the meantime, a lot of these kids, like that's how, where they got breakfast and lunch every single day of the week because yeah. mom is still working and dad is out of the picture for a lot of that scenarios. So there's just these really practical, like down in the trenches, this is what life looks like on a daily basis kind of stuff. Like not existential, yeah. not universe level, just like down in the mud. This is where a lot of human beings are, are at at this point in time. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's it is crazy to think. I mean, what if churches like Mike what you're saying like this? What if we took all the production, all the money we spend on a Sunday and you instead opened up your kitchens and gave meals to the kids in your community that didn't, you know, that couldn't get them anymore from school. It's, it raises these questions of where are we spending our money and what could we be doing and still be the church? Do you know what I mean? Like like you're saying um, if everything's stripped down, what what is it that we have left? And so it sort of calls all those things into question. If mm. the church isn't a reflection of the daily life of our people and our neighborhood, and if what we're doing isn't helping them thrive, and then are we doing the right thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's there's a lot being exposed in the church. What do you think is being exposed in American culture? Oh. You know, because crisis brings out some of the best and worst. So what do you see? What do you see being exposed? I think there was a... A real... um, 
sort of disassociation at first with it, right? Right? Like um, it was sort of a virus that was taking place in all these places that weren't like our home. Mm-hmm. You know, we do a mm-hmm. lot of disassociating and I think this was part of it. So then when it came here and it sort of stopped live, I think it was like a, a wait. Um, the beauty of that is that we remember that we're all the same. The beauty of it is that we remember that no matter what our status in any way, like we love to talk about our economic status or our democracy or the, um, you know, anything, how, how, how big our military is or how many weapons we have. It's just this idea of like, there's sort of this universal thing that can make us remind us all that we're equal. So I think in, in some ways um, that's being called into question uh, for America. Um, I think the hustle culture is for sure being called in question and where do I find my worth? What do I do when I'm alone with my thoughts? You know, we all, we all have mm-hmm. stuff that we think of all the time, but we are used to being able to push those things aside because we also have a ton of things habitually put into place so that we can distract ourselves from those thoughts. Mm-hmm. So when we don't have them anymore, there's, I mean, there's only so much Netflix podcasts <laughs> things you can watch before you really are bored like we keep joking about it like and we live in this like sleepy neighborhood and nobody's out and now that we're all quarantined on like day 10 all of a sudden everybody's out like keeping their distance but like outside and so there's sort of this reconnecting i think to the inner self and to um the flow of life as it may be um based on seeing our neighbor like everything we've talked about seeing our neighbor um, and I really asking yourself, like, what am I thinking? What am I feeling? What do I need? What do I, there's so many questions there that are like really driving down to just these basic levels that I think we've really done a good job of putting things in the way so we don't have to think about them. So, mm. um, I see that a lot. I see a lot of exposure of inner, um, pain, inner creativity, um, mm. inner questioning thoughts, joy, like a on all the spectrum of all of it. But I think it's some of that stuff's coming up to breathe for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what about on a more cultural level? Like in uh, economics, politics? Mm. I mean, what do you, what do we see there? Tim, what do you think? <laughs> I know, I know you're fired up on this one. Um, I'm afraid to talk on this one. Be angry. Come on. I, uh, to what some of Bonnie said, yeah, I've seen a lot of like, you know, um, I, uh, being a musician for a long time, I tend to have a lot of my friends are from artist, artistry, uh, venues. And so a lot of them have been panicking because a lot of them work in like the film industry or the TV industry or the music. And they're all just like, everything's shut down. I don't know. A, I don't know. I need to create. B, I'm no longer making any money, so they're panicking. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you see, like, you know, a lot of. I mean, this week, I guess when this podcast comes out, it'll be tonight. We're still this week, yeah. If you're listening to, yeah. So uh, I'm playing like an online music festival that these people just like they just needed to create, and so they mm-hmm. put together a, a festival that runs from Wednesday, Thursday, Friday 
all online and orchestrated somehow every different i mean there's a lot of people playing a lot of artists via skype plugged into the same youtube channel to create a festival online and it's remarkable like the amount of work that went into it and they're just like just because they want to create and showcase each other and and then give people something to do in their homes like it's just really no one's making any money it's just a ton of work to uh for nothing financially but it's like this innate need to connect with other people is super encouraging Mm -hmm. and that's the same thing with like what we mentioned earlier the italians on their porches playing trumpets and saxophones and singing together in this mass of humanity creating music and art and joy together is just so encouraging yeah on the other side of the fence um I have been nothing but frustrated with uh, the way that our country has handled this. And Mm. um, that's going to be very, I know people fall on very different sides of the fence with that. um, And people have, so this is just me speaking for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, I, uh, you know, I follow a lot of native American newspapers and they are, you know, a lot of the reservations only have one grocery store and it's very small. And yeah. so when we run out of toilet paper uh, or our, that stuff slows down at the nine grocery stores in our area, they're competing with one and they're not getting a lot of food or medical services. And so that's been, you know, a lot of those uh, places feel very neglected because they have been very neglected throughout a lot of history, but especially now. And you see uh, a lot of athletes getting tested without any symptoms while Um, A lot of normal people are struggling to get tests. So there's a really big disparaging gap between wealth and those who do not have a lot. And the folks that are wealthy seem to be getting a little extra privilege. And that's very, very frustrating. Um, Mm -hmm. You see senators who vote against health care or against uh, bills to, to equip everybody with the ability to get tested and that kind of stuff. And then get tested themselves and find out they're sick and then go into quarantine. It's just the gap between the haves and the have nots feels desperately large. And that feels very, very frustrating to me. And again, I am coming from a place where I uh, have my job and I feel very blessed and privileged to have that. And I know that that's not the case in inner city LA. And uh, so I'm trying to be as diplomatic as possible. I feel very <laughs> frustrated with uh, our response to a lot of this stuff. I have uh, Asian American friends who are feeling very discriminated against because of mm-hmm. the language that's being used in labeling this as a Chinese virus um, because the virus originated from that area. Yeah. Um, and they're getting pushback from people in their area that are, that are directly attributing it because of that language, attributing that to them. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot in this country that I'm very, very frustrated and angry with how we've responded. Mm -hmm. There's great things as well, but there's a lot that I feel very, very upset with personally, Mm -hmm. me alone in that. And how do you handle that? Uh, I vent a lot to my wife and to my friends, uh, and we try to find ways to be as inclusive as we can. Auburn is a very white area. Um, it's, it's, it is growing, uh, but we try to be very intentional with our language and our response to people and trying to 
figure out like the thing with the meals like how do we help those kids who are from low lower socioeconomic areas yeah to get to getting those meals how do we make sure that they're eating breakfast and lunch because man people should be uh, should be able to eat their meals <laughs> like yeah you know so yeah. trying to figure that stuff out working with our friends that are nurses and doctors and saying hey what does this really look like how can we directly help people in our area trying to help the elderly get groceries and um the medical things that they need to the best of our ability but yeah it feels like that's all you can do right you can't fix the world how do you be directly involved with the people that are right around you yeah yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the answers are. I know what I'm frustrated with and I know how I'm trying to tangibly affect it. I feel like I'm talking way too much on this. <laughs> no. You're not at all. Bonnie, do you resonate with that in terms of the there's a there's a kind of injustice sort of thread being exposed that I think we all knew was there, but now we're seeing it. Yeah, so so I'll be honest, I haven't done a ton of um news reading or politic reading um it's probably smart i have <laughs> such a history this is a unique time for me i have such a history of uh, major anxiety and ocd um and as i've shared before it is conveniently all around germs and sickness so a pandemic that is also charged politically is a rough spot <laughs> for someone like me. Um, yeah. So I intentionally rely on updates from friends or family mm -hmm. uh, because I can get easily sucked into it. And I'm also um, yeah, an Enneagram four, which is not an excuse, but a reality of my <laughs> way of dealing with things since I was a kid. You're my like survival skills, my fixations, the things I did um, is um, all around feeling to feel everything very deeply. So that's tough if I see when I see images and see things on the Internet. So um, I will say that I'm pleasantly surprised i was just telling my therapist today and grateful for the many years of work i have done to prepare me for something like this because mm. i said to my husband i'm like imagine if i hadn't done all that therapy and hadn't done the past i don't know nine months of emdr mm. what i would be like in this global pandemic and he's like You'd be like me he's like yeah i know <laughs> no i was like i mean it's bad like uh, um so it's um so in that sense i haven't paid too much of attention uh to that just because of self-preservation i've heard whispers of the injustice of it and mm -hmm. i actually have friends that have been like i'm pretty sure i have it but they won't test me yeah, yeah. um so and i think that in and of itself is tough because you just want to know for yourself it's hard not to have answers and you want to protect the people around you so mm -hmm. that's also tough so i've only seen whispers of that if i'm you know, being totally transparent. Yeah, yeah, no, thank you. Um, how do you feel about train horns? Do, does that? <laughs> There's that literally a train add, track that I runs know. through my yard and then the train is going right now, so. <laughs> so, all right, so, so um, for the two of you, well, for us, uh, what does faithful witness look like in the midst of all of this? So Bonnie, mm. you're saying, which I love, which is, very much regulating the amount mm -hmm. of input 
Yeah. Because it could easily dominate. So I think it's that's so easy. So yeah. faithful witness is, you know, working hard to stay uh, mentally, spiritually healthy yourself. And even just what Bonnie's been doing on Sunday mornings. I think offering practical spiritual direction, um, I think, is helpful. And yeah. I received yeah. text messages that said this is helpful. Yeah. Mm. Yep. But but what but what larger themes do you see? I'm sorry about the train. <laughs> <laughs> I can't slow it down. I can't speed it up. It's oh, just... I love it. It's so good. It's real. This is all real. It's real. What do you mean? Life. What larger themes? Um, like in terms of um, for faithful witness? Yeah. Um, so there was a big, you know, push back to a, a an article that said, listen, churches should not be closing. Right. Um, you know, that's a mistake. This is when churches should be open. Um, you know, you've, I mean, you've just got, wh- how should Christians be posturing themselves faithfully in these days? You know, given what God's, what we think God's doing and what is being exposed that's kind of wrong in the world. Um, what's that? What's that combined together to look like? Does that make sense? Yes, totally. Um, unpopular opinion might be the one I have, which is <laughs> to, if we know the science, right? If we know that social distancing, uh, quarantine, that this type of, these practices, if we know it slows the illness and can save lives, then to continually meet as a church anyway, um, to me, that's the highest form of disassociation as we were talking about before. Mm-hmm. This idea that somehow we're immune to something oh. that everybody else can get. We're not <laughs> even, it just seems like we're not even in that scenario. Th- we're, we're asking a question that's different than the answer. I mean, it's like we're saying, it's like when someone's saying, you know, I don't know, what is an apple? And you just say, um, a box, you say something random, like a box. Like it's like the, the question, and the answer there's not even computing for me. Right. It's like that. I don't understand that. Um, and I also, so for me, it's, that seems like a very privileged, totally, um, what is the word that I always say when I'm talking about that Ryan Lochte story that drives me nuts? <laughs> um, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, on a scale of one to Lochte, we're at Lochte. Yeah. Um, in this scenario, but what is that? <laughs> With this idea that like, I don't, I don't have to follow the rules. Like I don't, right. yeah, um, I yeah. can do whatever I want and I can. So. I don't, I don't like that feeling. It makes me feel icky. Um, on this a scale idea of one to Lochte, we're full Lochte on this one. <laughs> Lochte on this one. <laughs> That's how I feel. But this idea that like that makes me feel icky. We're setting up and we're telling the world like God is protecting us specially. And like mm-hmm. we believe that. And so I just, that whole and thing makes me. And therefore punishing everybody else. I mean, yes, right? I mean, that's the exactly. flip of that. Like, is... And this idea of like, we're in, you're out. Yes. We've done these things right. You've done these things wrong. So that whole thing makes me beyond irritated and makes me feel gross. Um, mm. On a personal level, being a faithful witness, what's funny is I, I, I lived a long life of like begging and pleading God 
to do mm. something, to intervene. Like it was like a, like, what do I have to do? Or how many times do I have to say this thing for you yeah. to do what I want? Um, and so I've actually been surprised, like looking at myself from like, from outside of myself going, oh, there's definitely like asking for prayer and um, healing and protection and it would end. Um, but so different than in the way that I recognize myself normally praying. Hmm. And I have found the most um, solace in God and in um, like the state of the world and stuff like that by merely getting quiet. It's like I um, am going deeper into the space that's been given to me. So the space that's been given to me is this slow pace, these moments of quiet, even when kids are running around this like almost like stop of time. Like I barely have my phone on me anymore. I never wear my watch. Like, and so I'm trying to match it in the way that I approach God and going, um, maybe I am supposed to just get still. Maybe hmm. I am supposed to hear this like slow rumble. So um, I don't know if that's right or wrong. I don't know. To me, that's felt the most honoring to the situation only because I'm trying to like take cues from a different way than I normally do, which is like mm -hmm. a beg and plead and then wonder why nothing's happening, which causes me more anxiety. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Tim, what do you think, man? What, 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 uh, what do churches, what are Christians, what posture should they take in the middle of all this? Uh, uh, I mean, I definitely am in the same, or not the same boat. Bonnie and I are wired similarly. Um, I don't know that I have achieved that level of zen. <laughs> just, uh, my phone and my watch are both on me. I, I've just been in go mode, and I, like I said earlier, like I haven't, which is rare for me. I've not been in panic mode about this at all. Um, I don't know how to reference this other than because uh, I just I spoke on Sunday at church and so uh, everything was pushed through this lens so that's the only lens that I have right now because my whole brain's been in that mode <laughs> um, but we were talking about we were, we've been going through the through Acts uh, and I was tasked with Acts chapter 4 and so I was the first person to speak in this digital void mm. um, so you were in an empty room I was in an empty, well, there was a worship team scattered around, but, uh, for the most part, an empty room. Mm -hmm. Uh, but so much of that book is, you know, Peter and John have just been recently like, you know, Peter was a ding dong for a long period of time and, uh, is now filled with the Holy spirit. And he's out there just he, at Acts chapter four, he picks up, you know, he just healed the the man who had been crippled had been lame for his whole life. He was 40. He's my age. I just been sitting at a, at, at the mouth of the, of the Sanhedrin and everybody saw him. Everyone knew him. Uh, and Peter healed him and now he's walking around. And so the high priests are just like, I don't know how to deal with it. Like we, we can't discount this. They, everyone knows Frank, Frank's walking now. Like how do we react to that? Um, but Peter and John are just like a, so the whole, so much of the message for me kept hinging on this idea of proximity to Jesus. How to like mm -hmm. the closer you are to Jesus, uh, it change, it changes you. Yeah. Right. And Peter and John, you know, Peter had this, they had this, they got to travel around for three years and be in direct connection with Jesus. No matter how much of a ding dong Peter may have been, he was in close proximity and it altered him. And the high priests were just like, this guy's different. He's been in the presence of Jesus. 
and uh and and so it's like the question was like how do how are we in proximity to jesus now how are we, you know, they had flaming tongues of the Holy Spirit descend upon them and, and send them out. Like, what does that look like today for us? And um, the illustration for me, without telling the whole story, was, you know, this story that Tony Campolo had shared years ago when I was a youth pastor. He was one of my first theological heroes, <laughs> just because he just kind of lit me on fire. And uh, he told this story about a a, a pastor who... Uh, had a had an agitating uh congregant and uh and uh who how do i tell a short version of this he um kind of drove the congregation nuts because he would show up to church late and uh would talk through the service and would always sit in a different area and we always you know everyone likes to sit in their spot at church so this Mm -hmm. was extra Mm -hmm. agitating when he would come in late and sit in the wrong spot and then talk to the whole thing. But basically he gets sick. The pastor goes to his house. It, it kind of disrupts the normal flow and rhythm of the pastor's life. Uh, he keeps going back to give him communion and pray with him and, uh, and, to, and to do some chores for him. And eventually the guy ends up dying. And, uh, and cause when he comes to his house, he finds him unconscious on the floor, calls the ambulance and they clothe him and bathe him and send him off to the thing. And then the hospital calls and says that he has died and the pastor's like, I didn't even cry when my f- own father died, but I wailed when this guy died. Hmm. Hmm. And he's like, I, he fundamentally changed me, not by anything that he did, but by allowing me to do what Jesus would have done for him. And so it's like, what is proximity hmm. to Jesus? Is it just really intentionally involving ourselves in those who are in need? And those who are marginalized, if it's Matthew 25, like we've talked about multiple times recently, yeah. and if it's loving your neighbor as yourself truly, like if it's really just that, if that's proximity to Jesus, then that is what I see as the church's response. Mm. And that's how I see the church changed. That's how I see society changed. That's how I see the world changed. Uh, it's just really actually caring about your neighbor. And the people in your community and what that looks like. And, you know, I think that there is a lot to say about discernment and the brain that God gave you and using it. Yeah. I think he was intentional with giving you this ability to discern and think. Yeah. That was rambling. Sorry. Dude, no, dude, no. Is someone preaching right now? Is there a sermon? (laughs) Is there a sermon in the house right now? Feels that way. Feels that way. Yeah. Nice. Um, all right. As we, as we wrap up, Bonnie, what are we going to be doing in the next, however long this lasts? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to continue with my Sundays offering spiritual direction. We're trying to think of a good name. I'm the (laughs) worst name giver, like title come person that does titles in the history of the world. So, uh, Maybe if you have a name, shoot it out to us. <laughs> so I don't know. What about Sunday um, brunch so, with Bonnie? Yes. No. Um, what time? So it's at eight thirty Pacific. So that is ten thirty Central and eleven thirty Eastern. Eastern, despite um, what the flyers say. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> it does say PST. Um, so <laughs> I'm still going to do that Sundays and then Mondays. We still have our podcast coming out, and that, those will all be uh, other topics like non uh, coronavirus related. Just continuing to do what we do, 
And then, Erie, you're going to be on Facebook, uh, Facebook Live and Instagram Live, right? On, um, we just discussed this. Is it Wednesday and Fridays? Wednesdays yes. and Fridays at noon Eastern. Yep. At noon Eastern. And what is it that you will be touching on and talking about? Uh, probably more specific to Corona stuff. Yeah. So that'll be good. Yep. That'll be very good. And then we're going to do a monthly um, Zoom hangout, like a Zoom call. And so you guys can look around for the link on that. Uh, but we're just going to be getting on and discussing um, everything we've done over the past month, stuff we didn't get to talk about in depth or questions that came up or things we thought about later, questions that you guys have. So I'm looking forward to that because I think that will be really fun. So to reiterate all that, Sunday mornings, 8.30 Pacific, 10.30 Central, 11.30 Eastern, Bonnie will be on Facebook Live and Instagram Stories every Instagram Sunday morning. Live. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, Mike will be on Wednesdays and Fridays starting, we said April 1st, right? Yeah. April Fool's Appro Day. Appropriately enough. But there's no joke here. He's really no coming No joke. On. It's for real. So if you don't, he won't log in and no one's there. Mike will be on Wednesdays and Fridays, kind of talking through fears and different things, theology and stuff behind the time period that we're in. And then yep. the Zoom thing, I think that we are saying April 7th. Oh, we said April 7th. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Tuesday, April 7th. April 7th. We will send out a link in for that. In the evening. Yeah. In the evening. We said... Nine Eastern, six Pacific. Yes, nine Eastern, yeah. six Pacific. Um, so we'll give we'll you guys a, a link Google that you can out. sign up, and then you'll get a you'll yeah. get a link. Yeah. Love it. Well done. All right, Bonnie. Since you put everyone on the spot to do the no, blessing, no sir, no sir. It's you know what? You're back. No. I think it's your time <laughs> to shine with the blessing. All right. Um, in these days, may Jesus literally take the wheel. Amen. Yes. Amen. Literally. Yep. See you guys. Bye.